what we're finding is that students are all able to succeed. Um, our passing rate has increased from virtually nobody's failing. Um, and our numbers are up. We had 50 more students enrolled this year. And students really feel like they can do it now. It's something that um, works with their learning style. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. Today's episode is the third in a series sharing conversations with ed leaders, students, and parents about what's next in language learning innovation. We'll start with Getting Smart team member Emily Liebtag, who interviewed Jenny Taranovich, a department head and teacher in the Bethel School District, located in Southwest Connecticut. Before we begin my interview with Jenny, I think it's important to paint a picture of what traditional language learning looks like in many classrooms across the country. I can use my own experiences as an example. I took six years of Spanish and I'm hard pressed to say that I knew the language as a result. Wrote memorization, regurgitation of vocabulary, and performing prescribed skits for my peers just wasn't helping me understand how to use the new language I was learning. I loved my teachers, but I was perpetually behind and constantly working to master skills from previous weeks that I still hadn't fully grasped. It wasn't until I taught in a school where most families were Spanish-speaking that I built up my confidence and attempted to learn again. We are about to hear from Jenny, who is trying to flip the switch for students like me in her classes. She, along with her teammates, are using new ideas to refresh language learning. She uses technology to teach language, which is great, but more importantly, she's really innovating when it comes to how she's using the tech. She is pioneering competency-based online language teaching and learning. Enough for me. Let's hear from Jenny Taranovich. Today, I'm talking with Jenny Taranovich. Jenny, do you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about who you are and where you teach? Sure. I am a teacher and a department head in Bethel, Connecticut. I've been teaching Spanish for 11 years. Um, I've taught through levels one through AP in middle school and high school. And as far as why it's important to study a language, um, our society and our world has become so dependent on our global market and everything is online now. And there's so much um need for people in the job market that speak a second language and understand cultures, um, that in virtually any career that you're looking for, they're asking, do you speak another language? Are you fluent in another language? And that gives you an edge in the job market. Over the years, what has changed in terms of language teaching? Oh, I think one of the biggest changes in language teaching is that it's not based on grammar anymore. Um, It's really based on the standards. Uh, They look at how well you read, you write, you listen, and you speak. And the AP test mimics that. So gone is the old way of teaching where you memorize your verbs and repeat them after. They really want the kids engaged in speaking and interpreting the language. I know that Bethel is actually a one-to-one district, I believe, since last year. Could you tell me a little bit more about that and how it may have influenced your teaching? So in 2012, we received a grant from the Bethel Education Foundation for a Mac lab cart, which is really when the transformation began. And since now we're one-to-one, we're really fully immersed in technology. Um, and, and what that's really done for us is it's allowed us to get away from the teacher-centered classroom, and we've really moved more towards a student-centered classroom. 
um, before the teacher or the students relied on the teacher to deliver the information in the class setting. But with the use of technology, we now have constant access and availability to the new learning. So the teacher, the teacher and the world in general, um, it, it's always there and it's always waiting for the student to access it whenever they need it. So what we found is that the classroom is much more student-centered with the teacher being more of a facilitator in the student's learning and that the student's taking more responsibility for his or his or her own work. Um, and it's really because the technology allows for any time, anywhere learning. It doesn't stop in the classroom and there's no barriers. Do some students use the technology at home? Is that what you're alluding to? Yes. Yes. Um, is there, we have tools now with online quizzes, Google Classroom. They have access to videos, access to our lessons at home. Um, so, for example, when a student is out now in one of our classes, all of our homework and everything we've done, every activity is linked all online. They virtually can attend the class at home. That's great. And then in terms of language learning, I'm sure that that's helpful giving parents access or a little glimpse into what's going on as well. Oh, absolutely. So they can check Google Classroom. They can check what happens in our classes every day. Our, our agenda is listed with the objective and every activity we did and links to it in the homework. So the parent can follow the class as well. I always tell my parents, feel free to do the class. <laughs> at home. It's all right there for you. Being in a blended classroom where there's more technology, I can see that in my head, but I haven't seen this in a language classroom. Can you kind of walk us through a day or what students would be doing? Okay, sure. So what we're using a lot of in um, our world language department is the idea of um, agendas and flexible pacing, meaning that a teacher is going to post the lesson for the unit um, with, along with an explanation and videos, all of those teacher lectures that used to happen before technology are all posted on this agenda. So the student's going to work through the material at his or her own pace. Um, and each step of the way, the student has an online assessment for formative feedback and direct feedback. Yeah, and they're able to check their progress in real time with immediate feedback. Um, and some people might say, well, where does the teacher fit in this equation? Well, really, what's happened is I find I know my students better because instead of being in front of the class, talking to the whole group, I am working with students individually that need my help. They're raising their hand. They're asking me to come over. I'm sitting with them. I'm part of the class instead of the one running the class all of the time. Um, so I, they really... They're, they're more willing to ask questions. They're working through the material. They're doing it. They're asking questions when they're ready to ask questions. Um, for some of the kids who have a little background in the language, they're able to move ahead and not be bored, and vice versa for the kids that um, struggle. They're able to take that extra time and not feel like they're being lost and just moving through the curriculum. Um, and also the technology has been really key in collaboration because with things like Google Docs and, and all of that, the kids can peer edit, they can talk to each other, 
They can record for the teacher, so in turn we're able to do more speaking assessments, which is uh, very important in language to be able to speak as much as possible. This podcast is part of a series sponsored by Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone Language Learning Suite for K-12 provides flexible e-learning solutions that are easily integrated with the teacher's in-class instruction. Its solutions are designed for all proficiency levels to fit your students' learning needs. From blank slate students with limited exposure to new languages, to those building intermediate and advanced level language skills for college and career. For more, visit rosettastone.com and follow them on Twitter at rosettastoned. Let's pick back up with Emily, asking Jenny to elaborate more on how teaching her class using online language programs has increased positive student outcomes. The tendency might be to think that it's more individualistic, but in many ways it sounds like you're utilizing the technology and online programs to do collaboration. I like that a lot. And does the same then go for an increase in engagement? Yes, I would definitely say that. And, you know, one of my students today was just telling me that they feel like the class is like a family. You run it like you're in a family. So they really all feel like they're working together as one big family. And that's what the technology has done for my room. Um, so therefore, engagement is up because students are never left behind. They're never bored. They're always working together. Um, and I think the, a lot of studies show that engagement, loss of engagement occurs when students don't understand or are having problems with the material. So this eliminates a lot of that when they move on based on their competency when they're ready. Are there other outcomes or stories that you have from using online language programs or being more blended that you want to share? Sure. We started this year um, using the Rosetta Stone program for our level one course. Um, our level one courses have typically been, I need to give you a little background, have typically been the course that they do in middle school, they struggled in middle school with at a very slow pace because it's split between seventh and eighth grade. And they come to the high school and they do a version of the same course in a quicker in one year. So um, the failing rate, the success rate in our old course was not very high. The kids were just coming up and having the same problems. The, the way the class was arranged and organized, the style of the class didn't work for them. Um, so this year we incorporated the Rosetta Stone program, um, and we really are using it more or less as our textbook. We still use the agenda. We still have other online materials and online quizzes. But the kids are able to work through that Rosetta Stone program at their own pace. We set up deadlines for them, and we run small group instruction and help them when needed, but they're really, truly able to work in a safe place at their own pace. And what we're finding is that students are all able to succeed. Um, our passing rate has increased virtually nobody's failing. Um, and our numbers are up. We had 50 more students enrolled this year. And students really feel like they can do it now. It's something that um, works with their learning style. From a teacher standpoint, you mentioned that you work with curriculum and then you're a teacher. What has this transformation been for you? What has that been like? You know, when you first put everything on the technology, it's a little bit more work, but the delivery of the lessons are so much smoother. Um, and I'm able to 
take everything that's online, reuse it for next year. So everything um, is working towards making it easier. It's better for the kids because they have the access to it all the time. Um, I started using a lot of online quizzes this year. I'm able to make quizzes that regenerate different questions every time they take it, which means I can allow for students to take the quiz more than once until they fully understand the material. And it doesn't require me to make 10 different copies like it used to. What about if you're not there? So you probably have the systems within your team, but what if Jenny's not there? How does, how does this work? Yeah, so if we're out for a day or we have a conference, um, now that we're one-to-one -one and everything is online, I don't feel like we miss a beat. I don't feel like my kids miss out at all. They miss me being there because I'm so close with them now, and I know pretty much everything that's going on, and I sit with them. But as far as delivering the material, they can run the class by themselves, and it's really interesting to see. And you just touched on something. You said you know your students better or really well. Is that attributable to the fact that you've moved to more personalized and using tech? I do. So many people think you're losing that personal connection with the kids. Um, but I've actually found the opposite um, because the lesson is all set up, ready to go. I'm able to sit down individually with the kids, get to know them, get to know what their struggles are with each little detail. When you're doing um, a, a teacher-centered lesson where the whole group is listening to it and you're describing something, the majority of the kids, except for a few that are outspoken, they don't really want to raise their hand and say, hey, I don't get this in front of everybody. But when they're working in smaller groups or, um, you know, at their own pace, they are way more willing to raise their hand and say, can you come help me with this? I'm just not getting this. Because they're not... Um, doing it in front of the whole class. It's, it's more private for them. You know from learning a language that there's a lot of hesitation for students to speak or to use the language when they don't feel confident. So that's, that's really, really great. Jenny shares how the shift to competency-based teaching and learning has helped her students. I definitely think that technology is helping with that. Um, specifically, as I was talking about before, how you can set it up so it's more competency-based learning so that the students are working at their own pace. And when that happens, you don't find kids getting lost. Um, they have opportunities to learn the material. And if they need to rewatch that video a hundred times, they can. They can go home and do it. If they need to work through that assignment double or triple the amount of time as they're as the person sitting next to them, they can. There's no limit, there's no barriers on um, when and how it has to be done. What is the response then from parents for the shift and uh, different use of tech for language learning? I feel that they feel more empowered. They're able to see what their students are doing every day. As I said, you know, we're posting everything online. Parents can virtually follow the class every day. Um, down to gradebooks. Gradebooks are updated and they're online, and there's so much more communication. Um, teachers and students are running um, websites together, blogs together, Twitters. Um, there's so many ways to get info out to parents and students. But it, it, I think it's really empowering. What's advice that you would give teachers who are just starting this shift? to more blended teaching, be they a language teacher or not? 
Um, my advice would be to start small <laughs> because if you jump all in, um, it's going to feel a little overwhelming. But start small and observe some other teachers that maybe are, are using the technology. And everyone has their own style. There is no right or wrong way. But there's so many uses for the technology. So get, get yourself a little involved in observing and getting to know what's out there. And, and for me, I have my four or five tools online that I love and I use all the time. And there are a lot of different other ways to do it. But I like my four or five websites and apps that I use. So you get familiar with what's out there and, um, and, and you start just small and you just start going. The kids, understand the technology, and they'll be faster than the teacher. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience, just musings that you have about language or anything that we talked about on the podcast today? Sure. Um, there's another program that I started with the Rosetta Stone that I didn't get a chance to talk about, and I have a, a couple quotes from students. Um, we were also able to take – some of the subscriptions that we bought from Rosetta Stone and create a period nine, uh, which is an independent study class, um, not meeting with a teacher. So I'm able to monitor virtually how the students are doing in class. And students applied for this class for Rosetta Stone to do any one of the many languages they offer in their program. So I have students taking Hindi and Korean and Italian and Chinese things that I would never even be able to find a teacher for. Um, and they're doing it on their own time at home. And the kids just love it. I have one girl who, and I could just read you the quote. Um, it's probably better than how I would summarize it. She wrote, I love the fact that I can learn a unique language that the school doesn't offer as a class. Rosetta Stone is done entirely on my own time with quarterly deadlines. Since there is no daily or weekly deadline, it makes it easier to do the work along with my seven other classes. It's a great opportunity to learn a language I would otherwise not be able to have the time or the resources to learn. The work is not extremely difficult unless you, are, unless you aren't dedicated to learning another language. I've actually started having conversations with my family and others in Hindi. So she's taking Hindi because her family speaks the language. I know there's so many schools where access to high-quality language teachers is a real struggle, especially a native speaker, and that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, it's definitely a shortage area. And I have another girl taking Italian, and uh, she wrote, I like that I'm able to study a completely new language on my own time. It doesn't feel like work because the activities are so simple, but I feel like I'm really learning Italian. And so for me, it's about the access and the availability. Um, we were able to give these kids this opportunity um, that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Thank you so much, Jenny, for being on the podcast today. We really appreciated it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks to Jenny Taranovich for sharing her expertise on the podcast, to Emily Liebtag for producing, and to Troy Lund for mixing support. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear the first two episodes in the series, they're linked in the blog and can also be found on both our SoundCloud and iTunes channels. Check out Season 2, Episode 46, 
Global Competency in Boone County, Kentucky, and Season 2, Episode 48, Language Opens Doors in Work and Life. You'll find both of these and more on our iTunes and SoundCloud podcast channels. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe and rate us. For more on all things innovations and learning, check out our blog as well at gettingsmart.com. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Kat and Megan signing off. Thank you.